Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 157, and it's about some WrestleMania live music performances. And today I'm joined for the first time in a very long time by original host of the show. It's the one and only Chris Maffei. Chris, finally, welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really happy to be back on. It's great to talk to you again after so long. Uh, as I was telling you before we uh, started recording, I hear you every other week. So it's, uh, you know, I've heard from you way more than you've heard from me over the last few years. But it's great to be back on. Uh, and I guess the only downside is that now I can't listen to the episode when it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a wise man once said, it's been a while since uh, you've been on the show here. Um, it's been... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, it, this is a long time coming because last time you were on was the fourth anniversary show, the Big Show episode, um, which was a little over two years ago now, actually. And since then, uh, I think the forces of the universe have kept us apart for one reason or another. But um, I said on the sixth anniversary show a few months ago with Rich that I get John here sooner or later. And, uh, well, the boys are back in town. Here we are, Chris. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We made it happen. We made it happen, finally. Mm. Well, how have you been? I mean, in the, uh, what, 56 episodes since you were last on, <laughs> how are things going? <laughs> it's like, you know, life's been a whirlwind, man. It's uh, just a lot of ups and downs. Um, on the upside of things right now, so things are things are definitely better than they were, and um, the things that were keeping me off of the show are no longer a factor in my life. So yeah, things are uh, things are going pretty good. I'm really enjoying wrestling at the moment as well. Um, just uh, a lot of good stuff going on. So how about you? How you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, can't complain too much. Um, I was actually going to ask you if you've been keeping up with the wrestling at all, and uh, apparently you have. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I watch. AEW every week, uh, pretty much everything from AEW. I parachute in for the big WWE shows because uh, you know <laughs> who could who could stand to watch them week to week at this point. <laughs> so uh, got to keep them keep them firmly at arm's length. But uh, and I watch uh, I watch most New Japan shows and I watch every Dragon Gate show. So yeah, I'm still uh, still in the swing of things. For a while, I was I was pretty light. But AEW has been, I think, the thing that's been kind of keeping me regularly entrenched in wrestling. Uh, but I've also been really just loving Dragon Gate over uh, the last little while. So, yeah, I've definitely been uh, 
definitely been delving into some wrestling. Yeah, I mean, AEW, since the end of last year and the beginning of this one, uh, just some really killer shows and just an amazing streak they've had going on. Um, and Revolution, too, I mean, just what a, what a show that was, you know, with the Texas Death Match and the Iron Man Match and the Trios Matches. I mean, up and down that whole card was just great, great stuff. Um, and Japan, too, I mean, yeah, since cheering crowds have come back lately, there's been a lot of great stuff there, too. And it's, it's been very hopeful, I think, uh, especially, you know, compared to the past couple of years of the pandemic with the clap crowds and whatnot. It's, it's been a lot more of a hopeful time over in Japan, which is nice to see. So, um, yeah, great to have you still watching this stupid, crazy hobby we call pro wrestling, Chris. It's, it's <laughs> nice to see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there were some really dry, really, really, really dry shows, uh, you know, during the, the clap crowds era. Um, but it has been just so refreshing to hear cheering crowds on New Japan and Dragon Gate shows. So that's been kind of giving me a lot of life lately, as well as the the commentary stylings of Ho-Ho Loon. I really... Oh, of course, yes. I, I, I of course, get a, get a huge kick out of Ho-Ho, and so does my wife. So that's always that's always pleasant. I love Ho-Ho, and I love the noises he makes when he reacts to stuff, you know? Yeah. Ooh! He's, oh, he yeah. sounds like super... He sounds like Super Mario 64 when you fall off of something really high. That's what Ho-Ho sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> He's an absolute gem of a man. Just an absolute delight, that's yes. for sure. Yeah. Well, um, well. anyway, Chris, uh, we are here today to do an episode about live musical performances at WrestleMania. Yes, Mania season is upon us once again. It's WrestleMania, baby! Woo! Um, <laughs> now, WrestleMania, as you all know, is more than just a wrestling show. It's an extravaganza with all sorts of lights and sirens and celebrities and, of course, musical performances. Whether it be people doing America the Beautiful at the start of the show, or live music for an entrance theme, or just a mini-concert in the middle of the show that I'm sure everyone just loves to watch and sit through. And <laughs> as you expect, Chris... There's been a lot of WrestleManias over the years, so there's been a lot of musical performances. And uh, as we'll see, some uh, better than others, I think. <laughs> oh, that's definitely an understatement. Yeah, r wrestling shows that have live musical performances, it's always, you know, it's hit or miss. And some of them are really good and really fun to go back to. And some of them are just, yeah, uh, I, watching them the first time was painful. To have to go back and watch them again, it's just... To voluntarily do it, it just feels like, oh, what am what am I doing with my life right now? But we'll we'll get into that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I think every major company has done over the years at some point. I mean, um, AEW's done a bunch of them themselves, of course. Um, I was there actually at All Out a few years ago when uh, Mikey Ruckus and Melissa Gallo did that live performance of the Lucha Brothers theme for the cage match. Oh, yes, which was awesome. And um, Noah did it a few months ago for the Nakamura Muda match. Yeah, that was amazing. They got amazing. the violin player from Nakamura's theme to you know, play it live. And, yeah. um, of course, WCW with their uh, famous Kiss concert on Nitro and uh, <laughs> Me Megadeth doing Crush Em for Goldberg. Who could forget that, of course? And and so oh, much more. I wish I could. And, and so, I wish I could forget. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and so much more and so much more. But, but still, it's one of those things where if it's a great performance, especially for an entrance theme, it can really enhance the mood and the atmosphere and seem pretty cool. If it's not a great performance, um, it can get people talking for the wrong reasons. Uh, case in point, a few years ago, Revolution, uh, Cody Rhodes coming out to Downstate doing his song live. Oh. And, um, you know, between that and his freshly inked neck tattoo, it was uh, 
not a banner night for Cody Rhodes, I don't think, Chris. <laughs> but it wouldn't be Cody Rhodes if he wasn't making news somehow. So that's just kind of par for the course with Cody. No, there there have been there have been some some pretty good ones in recent memory from AEW and and the like. WWE, I just remember that Hardy was that the, at the Royal Rumble. Yes, that was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, that was just everything that I I I hate and never want to experience. Uh, all rolled up into one. Uh, I think when wrestlers' themes are being performed live, that's usually pretty cool. Even the bad ones aren't that bad. But if it's just a random song, that always kind of comes off to me like it's a waste of time. So, yeah, there's there's we we got a good mix here that we're going to talk about. Um, but overall, I'm I'm never really that negative when it's a wrestler's theme being performed. I think that's those usually are are you know the baseline. I think is usually pretty pretty high for those. Mm, right, right, yeah. So um, let's get to it then. Uh, we have eight performances in the docket here, and uh, I said earlier we have three categories that we'll split them up into. Uh, the first one being America the Beautiful. Uh, someone sings it every year. Uh, actually, the first Mania, it was Mean Gene who sang it, and then the next year they got Ray Charles. So bit of an upgrade, I'd say. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then for Mania three in Detroit, <laughs> they got this lady to do it. So let's hear a little bit of America the Beautiful by the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. thing about America the Beautiful is that 99 times out of 100, the person singing does a good job. So we're not going to play 10 different clips of this song, just we'll play two clips of it. A good version and a bad version. And big shocker, this is the good version, because it's Aretha Franklin for God's sake. And what's impressive to me is that this is just her, a piano, a couple background singers, and that's it in the middle of this massive stadium with tens of thousands of people there. That's it. And she nails it because, yeah, it's Aretha Franklin. Of course she would. But the simplicity of it all is, it's a bit quaint, I guess, Chris, in this day and age. It does, but I think it's really beautiful in its simplicity. I think that even with substantially less production value, you know, compared to today where everything is a a digital screen even the ring itself, even with substantially less production value back then, it still felt like a huge deal. I thought the stadium looked awesome. And you're right, Aretha Franklin just sitting there at a piano singing this song. It really does just add a touch of class to WrestleMania here. And obviously Aretha Franklin is musical royalty, so it'd be hard for her not to. 
But uh, I imagine even, you know, Ray Charles, that, again, it's just, it adds a touch of class to WrestleMania to have a performer of that caliber, uh, of that caliber, someone uh, as important in the history of music as Aretha Franklin or Ray Charles to sing America the Beautiful. It really does set off WrestleMania in a way that, uh, you know, the other performance that we're going to talk about does <laughs> not. But it, it and America the Beautiful also just a much better song than the Star Spangled Banner. So that always helps, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Aretha actually does the second verse as well which I don't think I'm used to hearing at a sports event like that. I mean, it's usually, it's, you know, from sea to shining sea, and, and that's it. That's the last bit. But she keeps going, and they show footage of, like, you know, the Washington Monument and a cute kid holding the American flag and, you know, a steel worker and an auto plant because it's Detroit and just so much stock footage, you know, and <laughs> all that good stuff. But but you hit the nail on the head for sure, calling it a very classy affair. Um, especially in comparison to the next one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really enjoy the weird stock footage montage in the middle. Uh, I guess crossing guards and welders just scream. That's America, baby. America. <laughs> that was, you know, watching the performance. It's like, oh, this is nice. And then what the, <laughs> what is this? This this weird stock footage montage. But, it, you know, it wouldn't be a late 80s production without one, I think. So... Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was really nice. This was very pleasant. And uh, Vince McMahon, for as, as much as I can't stand him or, or the side of him, even even him introducing Aretha was, was very delightful here. So, yeah, I love this. Yeah, and uh, 20 years later, Mania 23 in Detroit, they brought Aretha back to sing it again, which was a cool little touch there, I think. Um, especially because she grew up in Detroit as well. So hometown connection there, too, which is, again, pretty cool. Now, why weren't the Chris Warren band invited back 20 years later? I guess we'll find well, out. <laughs> let's uh, let's find out why. Um, I said earlier, Chris, 99 times out of 100, America the Beautiful is done perfectly fine. Here's the 100. Uh, we zip ahead now to WrestleMania 14 in Boston, my humble neck of the woods, where Howard Finkel introduces the alternative new wave version of America the Beautiful by Chris Warren and the DX band. And let's just hear how that went, shall we? Chris Warren, rest in peace, gone too soon. I'm sure he was a nice guy. But when you sing the first line of the song and people go, boo, <laughs> not a good sign. And it just doesn't get any better from there, unfortunately. Um, I mean, the ending is just him screaming, America, America, America. And then they're done. 
and the booze just rain down harder and heavier than ever before, which does my Boston heart good that the fans there did not like this version at all because, look, it's infamously bad, Chris. It's just, it's a terrible version of the song. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's one of the one of the rare things to be edited out of a WWE show on their official streaming platform that doesn't involve Chris Benoit or some other really controversial figure or situation. It's just, oh, man. I, I, I need to preface this like you did with saying that Chris Warren is a gem. I love everything that he contributed studio-wise to the World Wrestling Federation at this time, but, oh, man, I remember this one very well, and uh, I, I must have rented this tape from Blockbuster a lot or... This might have been one that I had taped from the TV, possibly given to me by my cousin or something like that. So I watched this one a lot. And uh, yeah, I fast forwarded through this a lot (laughs) because it is just this man thought he did something here. He thought he was, you know, Jimi Hendrixing his way through this, but he was not. And I don't think there's any... Any other way to kind of sum this all up than JR's tag at the end, which is just perfection. Only in the USA and the WWF can there be this type of freedom of expression. This is WrestleMania 14. Only in the USA and the WWF can there be this type of freedom of expression. Which, yeah, just, uh... Mwah, the great capper on that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, on the one hand, when you get the DX band to do this song, you kind of have to know what to expect here, I think. Um, and it's the Attitude Era as well, so, you know, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're all cool and edgy, man. We're doing America the Beautiful our own way, man. But on the other hand, it still sucks, okay? It just, it does. And you mentioned Jimi Hendrix. I think they're going for Rage Against the Machine here. Right. That's what they're going for, but... Look, I don't want to hear Rage do this song either. I want to hear them do Bulls on Parade or Renegades of Funk or one of those songs. Not this. And yeah, I want to hear the DX band do the DX theme or Xbox theme or whatever. And I get that they wanted to, you know, double dip because they also did um, Sean's entrance and Triple H's entrance too uh, live for that show. But they probably should have just gone someone else to do this song because, yeah, this was not uh, not good at all. Yeah, I, and I just, I really can't believe Jim Johnston was involved in this travesty as well. Um, I, I, just seeing seeing him out there, it, it just kind of breaks my heart for him because just knowing the boos that are going to be rained down upon him, it's like, oh man, being involved in this by, by proxy is, uh, it, it's just so hard to see. But yeah, this, this was, this was a misfire and doing this even, you know, in front of an attitude era crowd. Yeah. There was no way this wasn't going to get booed out of the building. And I think that editing this off of the show, uh, off of, you know, WrestleMania 14 on, on Peacock, I think they're, they're doing everyone who isn't aware of this. I think they're doing everyone a great service by not having <laughs> to put them through it. Yes, yes. Um, I'm also curious, why did Howard Finkel call this alternative new wave? Because tears for fears, this was not. (laughs) 
okay? Uh, Echo and the Bunny Men, this was not, all right? If, if I turned on First Wave on Sirius XM, I guarantee you I wouldn't hear this song at all, okay? It's, it's very strange, Chris, I think. <laughs> well, maybe he overheard Vince McMahon giving Chris Warren a pep talk backstage and telling him to shout, shout, let it all out, <laughs> damn it. He, he got a little confused. Well, goddamn, pal, it's a very, very mad world. <laughs> all around me are familiar faces, goddamn. <laughs> So moving on now to category number two, and it's wrestler entrances. And we'll start off with WrestleMania 17 in Houston. Uh, Triple H had his good pals Motorhead do his new song, The Game, live for him. So let's hear Lemmy and the Boys with The Game. We are Motorhead. Undertaker King. We're going to kick your ass. Ready to get it on. smoke 100 cigarettes and drink a bottle of Jack to get this impression right here. <clears throat> we are Motorhead, and we're going to kick your ass. So uh, a couple things here, and they both have to do with Lemmy. Number one, he doesn't have his mustache, which yeah. is very weird to see. You know, it's like Ray without the mask. It's, it's just not right. And number two... I don't know if Lemmy had really mastered the lyrics yet, <laughs> because we've heard the game, you know, eight bajillion times over the years. We know it back to front. So to hear Lemmy just stumble his way through it is, it's a bit odd, Chris. I can't lie. Oh, for sure. I mean, Lemmy very likely didn't even know where he was, so can't really expect him to remember the lyrics to a song that he recorded once and probably never sang again, but <laughs> it is just... <laughs> kind of funny to hear him. It's all about the game. How you play it? It's all about the game. How you say it? It's all about the game. How you make it? It's all about the game. Now you take it. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> all right. I don't. This is an interesting, interesting rendition. And yeah, maybe, maybe he was just off without the mustache. It just, it felt wrong for him to not have it. Uh, and and very nice of Triple H, by the way, to spit at the band when he came out. Um, <laughs> Maybe maybe he held Lemmy to a higher standard than I do. I don't know. Maybe he was very upset about the lyrics. But uh, one thing I did note is that what was up with Mickey D not laying out for the water spit section? He just kept playing the beat straight through. I thought it kind of I noticed that as well. Killed the momentum there. I noticed that as well. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned that we know this song and entrance back to front. So to see Triple H go to do the water spit and Lemmy says, "Time to play the game," before the water spit. You notice it, like something is amiss here, something's off. Um, I mean, in fairness, it is Motorhead, 
and they are going to kick your ass. You know, I'm not expecting the intricate stylings of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer here, for God's sake, but <laughs> still, you know, there are these little discrepancies between the studio version of the entrance and the live version of the entrance, which, I mean, you know, we're a laugh, pal. You know, it, there, <laughs> there are going to be those things. You know, there's the potential. And, yeah, I won't say that this all goes wrong, but it doesn't go 100% right or, or how I used to, Chris, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and like, it's, you know, it's got to be a song that they just don't know that well. It's not like a song they're it's playing. It's brand new. You know, it's a brand new song, pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a song that they're playing live at all. It's not really even a song that, that they really wrote because the riff already existed from my time. So, it you know, it's it's just kind of a weird thing where they're playing a song they're not quite familiar with or in an environment that, you know, it's not their setup. It's not their front of house guy. You know, it's not their monitoring system. So I do have a lot of empathy for anyone in this type of a situation where they're playing at a WWE show, probably didn't have that much time to rehearse or sound check. And, you know, that's all across the board, not just for Motorhead. But I mean, with all that said, like it's still Motorhead. So it's still really good and enjoyable. Um, it's just kind of rough around the edges. And honestly, you know, I think it could have been cool if they just had Metallica play it because Metallica plays Motorhead songs uh, very well. And they're a live band that can pretty much adapt to any situation. So that would have been interesting, too, if we got a live version with Metallica at some point playing the game. You know what they could have done? Triple H was wrestling Undertaker that year. They could have had Limp Bizkit do Roland live. It's like a Battle of the Bands kind of thing. And then Lemmy could have walked over and smashed a whiskey bottle over Fred Durst's head. You know, just to, just to spice things up a little bit there, Chris. You know, just to really crank things up a notch, you know? Well, now we're talking. Ugh. Man, what could have been? What could have been? What could have been? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, these ideas, they just come to me, Chris. I'm a, I'm a mere vessel. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm going to go now to another live entrance song here, and it's from WrestleMania 29 in New Jersey for CM Punk for his match against The Undertaker. And uh, Punk got Living Color to do his song, Cult of Personality, live. So let's hear a little bit of that. It always makes me laugh when they start the song and the lead singer, Corey Glover, he gets so into it that he's late singing the first line. Because <laughs> the first line is, you know, look in my eyes, what do you see? But he's jamming out so hard to the riff, he comes in late. So he goes, my eyes, what do you see? <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> I laugh every time, you know, my eyes, the, <laughs> the goggles, they do nothing. Um, but uh, besides that, though... I think this is a kick-ass performance. It's a kick-ass song regardless, but I think Living Color just do a really great job here, Chris. 
I agree. I think a Living Color is probably the best band that's ever performed at a WWE show. I mean, I would really have to think hard to think of a band that's just better than them all around. Corey Glover, I think, is delivers one of the strongest vocal performances I've heard at a WWE show. Unlike most vocalists in the same situation, you know, usually they just don't, they just sound kind of off. I mean, with a metal band, it's kind of hard to tell either way, but I thought he sounded great. Yeah, the first line aside, that always does really, uh, <laughs> that tickles me anytime you get one of those late starts. But there was also kind of a messy part. There was like, it was the turnaround right before the bridge, and they kind of all just kind of like had a stroke there or something. I don't know what happened, but they recovered well. And uh, it, it uh, that aside, it's it's a good performance. And I do I do give them that that leeway because, again, it's just a tough environment. You know, you're you're in a, a big stadium and it's not your setup and you're in front of fans that aren't there to see you. So it's kind of a different type of situation for these bands. But, yeah, I think they uh, they performed pretty well and. You get to see some uh, shaved head punk, which is always, uh, man, that that dude was different back then. But um, ten yeah, years this ago, is, uh, this ten is, whole yeah. years ago. Yep, I it made me feel very old. And uh, but yeah, I do have I do have fond memories of watching this live, and this was uh, a delight to see again. Because honestly, uh, <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> we'll ever see it again. Yeah, it it's all a bit bittersweet, I think, because it's Punk's last Mania match ever, which we didn't know at the time, of course, because he'd be gone less than a year later, and he never got that you know real proper main event at Mania that he wanted, because this was the year of Roxena too. But on the other hand, you know he started using Cult of Personality in ROH in 2005, and now he's coming out to it at WrestleMania in a giant stadium with the actual band doing the song live for an Undertaker match pre-end of the streak. And I think really the last great Taker singles match as well, too. So, yeah, yeah it, it's both really cool, I think, and also a bit uh, a bit sad to look back on, I suppose, at the same time. Absolutely. Also, another local tie-in here, uh, Living Color, are from New York City. So there you go. Um, which is funny because they're not actually in New York City, they're in New Jersey, which is a totally different state than New York, for God's sake, but (laughs) they are right next door to each other, Chris, so there you go. Close enough, I guess. (laughs) The global event taking place in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we go from New Jersey to New Orleans, uh, WrestleMania 30, the next year. We have the Mania debut of our good pal, Mr. Spooky Lore himself, Bray Wyatt, and for the big occasion, he came out to a live version of his song Live in Fear by Mark Crozer and the Rells. Take it away, fellas.
So talk about Polar Opposites, because we just had Motorhead and Living Color do these, you know, straight up, here's the band, here's the song, let's rock. But this is Bray Wyatt, baby. We got to go extra. We need the lore up in this bad boy. <laughs> so there's, I guess, a, a New Orleans voodoo dance ceremony going on at the start with this you know, lady, and she's shaking about, and there's fire everywhere, and these weird little totems, and... The band are wearing these Plague Doctor masks, which look pretty cool, and it's a whole big spooky to-do, uh, as is appropriate for Bray Wyatt, I guess. But um, that said, you know, for all my faults with Bray Wyatt, and, and those are those are many, of course, but um, I think this is a, a pretty cool entrance. Chris, what about you? I think so, too. The dancing at the beginning was just kind of there. Knowing who it was for, I'm just like, all right, uh, weird just weird but i guess that's par for the course i'm sure yeah it had some some deep meaning that i'm sure uh would be worthy of uh aaron mankey's lore podcast uh really when when you think about it think about all the deep hidden meanings and messages uh this song itself not just the performance but the song is the only thing involving bray wyatt that doesn't make me cringe <laughs> aside from him being in a team with luke harper i, I this is it's a great song it's a really it's an all-time great wrestling theme uh it's it's just that deep bass line those 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 lyrics the soft kind of uh tone it's unlike most wrestling themes that have ever been have made because it's not a wrestling theme it's just a song and i think that's what makes sometimes the best wrestling theme something that was not even intended to be a wrestling theme and that's honestly what makes a great performance too because this just sounded like a really good performance of a really good song by a really good band uh it's so unlike most performances at wwe shows just because of the the, the nature of it all so i guess uh you know if you're gonna have bray wyatt slow walking down an endless ramp at least it's to a really awesome song and uh, it's a big contrast with his opponent, John Cena, that night coming out to, you know, it's, it's a big contrast there for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I've always said on the show that Bray's music is better than Bray himself and everything else about him, really. And I think this is kind of proof of that. You know, it's just a it's a real throwback, I think, because there's been so many incarnations of Bray over the years and so much awful nonsense like this was like five whole years before The Fiend ever happened which is crazy so he's got like you know, the OG music and Harper and Rowan are there and the Max Katie look and the lantern and we're here and and the rocking chair and all that it's it's crazy to think it's almost a decade ago of course but but yeah I mean I, I won't say that I have you know full nostalgia for this era of Bray because again it's Bray Wyatt, arm's length and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I do think it's a great song. And I do think it's a great entrance too, Chris. And there was just like a special energy around this WrestleMania in particular. And this was a really, this was an enjoyable time. At least I remember it being in WWE. I mean, like my wrestling fandom at this time was just kind of off the charts. I mean, between really really having dove into new japan the year before and having two amazing g1s and then all the stuff with the shield and and you know the wyatts when they were still 
something that could be very much enjoyed on your average WWE show. Uh, Punk, what Punk was doing, you know, up until 2014, it was just a really good time. And I do have, I guess it's hard. It's, it's weird to say nostalgia because it feels like it just happened about five seconds ago. But yeah, I, I do have some nostalgia for this time uh, of WWE and this watching this entrance and seeing this version of Bray Wyatt. And then of course, seeing Luke Harper, that's, you know, that's just, uh, that's always really, really hard now, but it did bring back some good memories. So yeah, to, to not just kind of crap all over Bray Wyatt for obvious reasons, <laughs> this did kind of make me feel good watching this, which, uh, I wasn't, I didn't know how I'd feel about it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be an interesting time to kind of go back and, and rewatch, but I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. <laughs> hmm. I actually uh, found a story from Mark Crozer about him doing the song here. Uh, quote, I had a call asking if I wanted to play at WrestleMania 30. I said, yeah, definitely. They said, keep it under your hat. So I went home and basically told everyone. I put it on Facebook and very quickly it started to appear on various wrestling websites that I would be performing at WrestleMania. I had a very angry phone call from WWE Music Group saying, I told you not to tell anyone. I felt gutted and thought I had blown it. Two weeks before, they said it was still on. End quote. So, there you go. We almost didn't get this entrance at all there, Chris, because you know WWE was mad that Mark Crozer spilled the beans. And, yeah, we almost missed out on this uh, big spooky-to-do entrance. So, um, thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. And how's Mark Crozer going to know that it's supposed to be, you know, to him, it's, oh yeah, I'm doing this WrestleMania thing, but you know, that secret getting out somehow ruins the entire show, I guess in their minds. No, I, I think that would, that would maybe even add some interest to the show. So, oh, you get to see a live performance of this awesome theme. Yeah. I'll, I'll check the show out. So good for him for, uh, for, you know, keeping his spot on the show. But I think that would have been really petty if they had, uh, if they booted him. WWE petty? What? No. Oh come no, on. no. They're no. That's not. They're never the problem. That's uh. What am I talking about? Never. You silly man, you. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now to the last category here, and this is for non-entrance performances. So just a band or artist doing a song, and we'll start at WrestleMania Five in Atlantic City, New Jersey. New Jersey again here. The Mega Powers explode that year, and during the show, Run DMC performed a special WrestleMania rap. Who 
So as far as throwbacks go, this is a throwback, because we've got all three members of Run DMC here, looking like how Run DMC looks in your mind, you know, the classic 80s look, and you've got Jam Master J in the ones and twos, and they're doing a, you know, a friendly little rap, a little hippity hop about WrestleMania, <laughs> which, um, I don't know about you, Chris, but... It was a little hard to understand the lyrics at times because they'll mention like mania and body slamming and pile driving and who's going to win the belt and all that. But a lot of times the echo and the audio mix really hindered what I could hear. Chris, what about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, the audio mix wasn't great. So I think I was able to make out about two words and one of them was DMC. The other one may have been run. So <laughs> that, you know, you're not good at really catch all the lyrical nuances here but surprisingly hip of wwe to have run dmc performing on a show in 89 you know for a company that you know we say is usually about like five years behind the times in terms of music and really most pop culture uh this is just kind of odd to see you know run dmc kind of at the peak of their powers performing on a WWE show. And just another instance, really, of them having musical royalty perform at WrestleMania. I think maybe if you looked at the list of the most relevant artists who have performed on a WWE show, Run DMC would probably have to be pretty high up there. I mean, I think easily over all of the new metal acts that <laughs> they've had. <laughs> so, you know, audio mix aside and unintelligible lyrics aside, it was just fun. You know, I don't know. I don't know if the audience enjoyed it, but I sure did. Yeah, you can see some people in the crowd like kind of bopping along to it, but it's not like a concert where you know, everyone's jumping up and down screaming. You know, it's it's a lot more subdued than that. So uh, even back then, you know, wrestling fans wanted more wrestling on their shows than music. So uh, the more things change, as they say. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is '89. I know um, Tougher Than Leather came out the year before, which had uh, Run's House and Mary Mary and. Uh, a couple years before that, it was Raising Hell with Walk This Way and It's Tricky. And that was just a massive album and those were massive songs. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of, I guess, at the tail end of the Run DMC zeitgeist, I guess. But still, it's within that that sphere, I think. So, um, yeah, like you said, normally we make fun of WWE for being behind the times when it comes to their music choices. But um, here, they're, they're still, you know, on the ball, I think, pretty much. Yeah, and then 10 years later, we would get... An apple to a peach and a cherry to a plum. Ah, uh, yes, yes. On aggression. <laughs> the king of rock who, the king of rock what. Just the, the lyrical geniuses at play right there. The king there. of rock what indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I found another story here from DMC about how this came about. Uh, he says, quote, That wasn't a run DMC plan. At the time, my road manager knew I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan. So when WrestleMania 5 came to Atlantic City, he came to my house early one morning. I got home at 3 in the morning. He was at my house at 5 in the morning. I've got a surprise for you. Hop in. He drove me to Atlantic City, WrestleMania 5. So that happened as a birthday gift to DMC. Jay and Run knew nothing about what was going on. They came and just performed with me because my manager told the WWF that DMC was a big Hulk Hogan fan and he wanted to come. They were saying, Run DMC? They're going to come? Can they do us a favor? Can they record something to perform at WrestleMania 5? So that's how that whole performance came about. A lot of the off-the-grid things that happened with Run DMC happened because I'm a comic book geek and nerd and I like wrestling, end quote. So 
there you go. Um, I'm not sure how Jan Ron felt about doing that thing, but <laughs> uh, clearly DMC was excited to do it, so uh, good for him. Yeah, and good on whoever made the call to have them perform something because, yeah, it's, just, you know, not every day that you get to have legends like that just off the cuff just kind of do a performance, you know? It's uh, and, and great to see Jam Master Jay here and, you know, just knowing what would happen to him. It's, you know, this is another one where it's it's kind of bittersweet to watch, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, as as out of place as it maybe seems, to just to know that DMC is a big wrestling fan, um, that does add kind of another layer to it too. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, I mean, now we know that when he wrote The King of Rock Who, The King of Rock What, he meant it, damn it, all right? He meant was, it, damn it. <laughs> there was passion in those lyrics, okay? You can't deny that anymore. <laughs> Uh, so, um, anyway, it's a few years later, and it's WrestleMania 11 in scenic Hartford, Connecticut, with a big main event of Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And before the main event, we got Salt and Peppa singing their big hit, What a Man. So, as Patrick Stewart once said in SNL, here is Salt and Peppa! <laughs> The thing about this is it's not just Salt and Peppa doing What a Man, they're doing a special version of What a Man about the LT Bam Bam feud. Beast from the East, run for the border, Bam Bam you better get ready for the slaughter. You made a big mistake when you put your hands on my man LT, just wait and see. Bam Bam getting slammed by my man LT, etc etc. And It's basically just hyping up the feud. and hyping up Lawrence Taylor and warning Bigelow, oh, you messed with the wrong guy, buddy, and all that stuff. So, um, and I gotta say, Chris, listen, this performance, pretty damn awesome. This rocked. This is my jam. I remember this one very well. I must have rented WrestleMania 11 too, because I remember this one. I have, you know, vivid memories of watching this, you know, watching the VHS tape in my living room and just you know the line bam bam you're gonna get slammed lt is a mighty good man that'll just pop into my head randomly to this day like that (laughs) that to me was always just so fun that they they went through the trouble to integrate the match into the song itself and i always enjoyed salt and pepper as a kid i had no idea what they were singing about but i you know they had a few songs that i really really liked so this was an instant favorite and this is my favorite one of the batch here because 
it's just so much fun. The lyrics, the performance itself, they sounded great. It, everything, you know, this this time, not the most, you know, prolific time in the company's history, but when you get little gems like this, it does kind of make me want to now go back and, and watch some shows from around this time just for this feeling, but there's not going to be anything anywhere near as good as bam, bam, you're going to get slammed. LT is a mighty good man. I just, that, that is, that is so good. I love that. This, this might be my favorite WrestleMania performance, actually, I think. It's pretty great. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I guarantee you there are people listening who are wondering, wait a minute, why is this in the non-entrance section? Wasn't this LT's entrance music? And the answer is no, it wasn't. This was performed before the entrances, before the match. And if you go on the network, they cut this part out because of royalties. But if you watch Lawrence Taylor's entrance, he comes out to a song that is uh, later used by Bam Bam, funny enough, later in the year. But you see Salt and Peppa on the stage, you know, by the entranceway, and they're dancing around and cheering on Lawrence Taylor, but they're not singing at all. They're just dancing and cheering. So yeah, I think this might be a case of the Mandela effect where you go online and there's like so many like articles or whatever and it's like, oh, Lawrence Taylor's entrance music, What a Man by Salt and Peppa performed live. I don't think so. <laughs> Not the clips I've seen. So yeah, it's uh, it's funny to think about that, Chris. That's a good point. I, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, I guess I would have just assumed that this is what LT came out to. But yeah, that's that's interesting. So uh yeah, it, even even better. It, they didn't even use it as a theme, but we still got this awesome performance. The one thing I will say, though, is the video that you sent me for this. I'm very glad it cut off before Jerry Lawler could finish whatever he was about to say there. Because uh, chances are it would not, have, uh, would not have been very good. There's a part during the performance where um, they're all dancing around, and I, I think it's Salt. She turns around, and she bends over, and she gyrates the booty a little bit, as the kids say, and... Uh, you hear Vince go, wow, and you hear Jerry Lawler go, yeehaw. So I, I, I will admit um, I did laugh at that. I, I couldn't help it. But, yeah, that's the only time you hear the commentators during the whole performance is when they go, wow, and yeehaw. So, I look, it, it just it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, if, if only Ho-Ho was around to go, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this event and this uh, appearance by Salt and Peppa gave us one of the best photos ever, which is Salt and Peppa with Bret Hart. <laughs> and Bret's wearing a leather jacket with no shirt on, and Salt is on his right, Peppa's on his left, and they're cuddled up right next to him, and he's just got this giant smirk on his face, like, that's right, baby, I'm the hitman. <laughs> I got this shit locked down right here, and you know, and... Julie who I mean it's just it's so so great great photo absolutely absolutely uh five star performance five star picture with Bret Hart too that's uh yeah that's <laughs> oh man I just pulled it up it's amazing I gotta show this to Tessa <laughs> yeah it's an incredible photo for sure um I mean forget sunny days salty days folks oh hey all right here we go Yo. here we go all right uh <laughs> So the final performance here is from WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, WrestleMania Sunshine, as the logo went. And um, that was where Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull, Dale, 
performed his song Green Light with Florida, Lunch Money Lewis, and Stephen Marley. So uh, DJ, give me the green light and play the song. We got Florida here tonight. Lunch Money here tonight. At WrestleMania, we want to say thank you. We appreciate it. Green light. Everybody take a shot. Red light. Green light. Give me everything you got. Red light. Green light. Everybody take a shot. Red light. So I should say they don't just play Greenlight, uh, they also play a song called Options as the prelude to Greenlight, but Greenlight, that's the main event right there, of course, and you've got these sexy dancers and pitbulls moving and grooving around, it's a whole big to-do, and it's a good example, I think, of what WrestleMania has become, which is less wrestle, more mania, you know, more of a spectacle, more of a show, including the, you know, little mini concert here, Chris, as evidenced by this song. Absolutely. Total microcosm for the modern WrestleMania, the spectacle that they think they're putting on and what they're really giving us is Pitbull dancing like he's stepping on hot coals while also being attacked by bees. <laughs> I think the only thing here, you know, I had all that positivity for salt and Peppa. It's, it's really just, it's the opposite for this one. <laughs> Um, I think the only thing I enjoyed about it is the fact that there's just a man named Lunch Money Lewis. Uh, I got a chuckle out of that, and I looked him up and didn't pay much attention to the rest of the performance after that. But it just took up way too much time. Why This was like over six minutes. You had uh, one of the Marleys, and uh, it's not the one I like, Damien, my favorite. And you have Pitbull, who... uh, I just, do, do not. I just, I can't. And Flo Rida, yeah, he's he's probably fine. Like the least, the least offensive rapper out there. The most safe, you know. I guess uh, family friendly rapper that you can get these days for this type of thing. I just don't know why this needed to happen. It had nothing to do with the show other than the song was played ad nauseum in the build to WrestleMania <laughs> as they were wont to do uh, at that time. I don't know what it's like these days because I don't watch Raw, but it would just be every single commercial break going in, coming back. You would hear this song. And by the time you get to the performance at WrestleMania, it's one of those things where it's like, I never need to hear this song again. And it, not just not just for this year. Many, many years where it was the same kind of factor of them just playing the song to death and then you get the performance and it's this so i don't yeah i don't quite have any uh any any goodwill really towards it i think for this era of wrestlemania performance there is one that i really did enjoy um i don't remember what year it was but if you remember the song rise yes uh yes 
You can take a swing at my ego. My that one. My ego like a phoenix. I remember. We will rise. Get him. Yes. Get him. Get him. Dope. Yep, that yep. one. Now, the song was, was fine when they you know, were playing it in the build, but I remember the performance being shockingly good. And the vocalist, I don't remember her name, but the vocalist really sounding good in an environment where very few do. So that one was one that I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually really cool. I, I liked it. I remember actively enjoying it. This is one where it's, yeah, it's your bathroom break. It's going to get more <laughs> snacks and beverages and, yeah, and Lunch Money Lewis. That's uh, it's a great it's a great name. It's a great name. I, I may have some residual Stockholm syndrome because I, I can't help it when I hear "Give me the green light and I'm ready to go." My, my toes are tapping. I just I'm sorry. I can't help it. But <laughs> yeah, but um, but but as well, I think this shows the differences in how WWE can use a musical act because this is not Run DMC with a special WrestleMania rap. This is not Salt and Pepper doing a song that's been modified to be about a specific feud and match. No, this is just Pitbull and the gang doing their song and doing it live like they would at the Grammys or the VMAs or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's the theme of the show, of course, but still, it's not like they're going, you know, give me the Goldberg because I'm ready to go. We only got Roman, so we're going to push him hard. You know, it's not like that at all. Um I, mean, I wish it was like that. Don't get me wrong. It'd be a lot of fun. But, <laughs> Give uh, me the Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart's least to, favorite but... song of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, like you said, this is... It's a good microcosm of what WWE likes to do with a musical act. Um, but they still do the live entrances, of course, too. But they love a good mini concert in the middle of the show just to say, hey, here's this big famous artist doing a song on this big extravagant show. So that's that's kind of what it is nowadays, I suppose. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Chris, a very heartfelt thank you to you for finally coming back on here. The magic is still there. I think we proved that today. And um, this was just, yeah, a real hoot and a holler. As always, and um, I guess I'll see you in what another two years. I guess. Oh is that God, the time I hope frame? not. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding, and we'll get you back on a lot sooner than that. I think. Oh yeah, I, I would love to come back whenever you'll have me. Uh, this was a blast. It, it really flew by. Um, but no, it's it's a lot of fun, and it feels like uh, feels like we haven't missed a beat. You know, I, I think um, you know WrestleMania this year. I, uh, I I I have some things that I'm looking forward to, but not not really that hyped up about it i don't know what the theme is uh is there what do you know what the theme is this year oh i am out of the loop on that i don't think i even know um it's been like the weekend for the past four years or whatever so that's true <laughs> maybe one of his that's songs true. uh let me uh let me see here. oh you know what less than zero by the weekend well there, all there right. you go i there you go i was joking and it's actually true so <laughs> how about that Okay, well, at least it's not Kid Rock, and and by the way, I, I'll thank you again for not including Kid Rock in this episode. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I, I wouldn't have the strength for it. So thank you, but no, this uh, this fun as always, and great to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Oh, of course, anytime, man, anytime. Um, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm doing a podcast now actually with a couple of friends. It's called Can of Nostalgia. We're on all platforms. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Can of Nostalgia. We just started it, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Every week, every, well, every month, we 
just gather around and open up some cans of nostalgia, talk about some things that meant a lot to us in our younger days. And yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun and uh, nothing nothing too serious, but just something uh, something that we can enjoy doing and gathering once a month to do. So uh, check that out again. It's called Can of Nostalgia. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks again for uh, for for bringing me back on. It's uh, I I really have been just so proud of you for keeping this show going at such a high level for six years. And, uh, you know, I congratulate you privately, but congratulations just for on six years of doing this show, the grind that it is and, and the work that goes into it, the pre-production, the post-production, it is, it's a lot and you do a great job. It's always really fun to listen to. And yeah, I'm, I'm just super proud of you. And, uh, uh, I'm I'm really happy that the show is still going, and I always enjoy listening to it whenever an episode comes out. So, yeah, man, congratulations and uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be here without you for sure. You know, we started this damn thing together all those years ago, and uh, it is a grind, absolutely. But um, I look at the final episodes when I'm finished with them, and I'm proud of them, and uh, it's it's worth it in the end, I think, and. Uh, it better be worth it because I put a lot of time into this damn thing, so <laughs> it better be damn worth it. But um, but no, seriously though, thank you so much for the kind words and the support. As always, it's it's so much appreciated, man. And um, again, I, I promise I'll get you on sooner than later. And uh, how about this? Let's aim for the seventh anniversary show. Let's aim yes. for that as a target there. I'll um, try not to be moving. <laughs> yes, that'd be helpful. I'll try not that'd to be, be moving. for sure, yeah. But um but thanks again, and uh, good luck with your podcast as you uh, open up a can of audio nostalgia. <laughs> Alpha Brain, CougarLive.com. Oh, be that as it may. It was, was what it was. What it was. Uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, um, Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich, voicesofwrestling.com slash discord for all discussions and comments, voicesofwrestling.com slash donate for any donations. Uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Chris, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thanks, Andrew. All right, for Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Hello there, my name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed, check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapCXP and join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.